Welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 24. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And uh, yeah, um, we've had a few false starts, haven't we, this this episode? Yes. Normally this... we just get straight into it, but this is probably our third, fourth attempt. Our third or fourth attempt. Uh, the just first... like the Grand National. Exactly. Although I didn't actually watch it at the weekend. Was, was there some false starts on it? Probably. There oh, always right, okay. normally is. I didn't watch it this time. Okay. Um... I tried to, but then I had to start again. Then I'd start again. Then I <laughs> thought, I can't bother to do this. All right, so, so the false starts were just you, not the actual, <laughs> not the actual Grand National. Uh, but yes, we're into the podcast. Uh, we've got a bit of a marathon theme coming later on. Um, there's a couple of things left out from last podcast as well. I believe our listener figures have shot up. They have, yeah. I mean, I don't think I've given our title yet, have I, this podcast? Uh, I don't know if we have. Well, the, the, the title... We, we, we've it... done that many attempts at starting. I can't remember what we have and haven't <laughs> And we're not going to start again, are we? So we might as well just... Uh, we'll, we'll pick it up here. So, uh, the title of this podcast is We Are Too Lazy to Run a Marathon, So Here's a Podcast. Because as Fisher just mentioned, marathon theme today. That doesn't mean we've got a huge theme. It just means we've got a theme about marathons. And we're not talking about the uh, former name of a Snickers bar either. We're talking about an actual distance marathon, a running marathon. A, a 26 and a bit mile marathon. And why, why not just round it up or down? We'll talk about that later. Uh, I don't know. Have if, if you got that coming up? Because I know why it is the case. Okay, well, well, we, we can, we, you can tell me that later on. Okay. Um. Anyway, Um. so yeah, you mentioned... Uh, what did you mention? <laughs> well, I mentioned... Oh, uh, it's listener figures. Listener there we go, figures listener figures. Up. Surprisingly, <laughs> we how this one started. Yeah. Um, we are such a high-quality podcast that our listener figures have actually managed to increase somewhere. <laughs> from people who've not heard it, presumably. I'm not sure exactly what's happened, but um, episode 22, so not even the last episode, but episode 22 seems to have picked up a little bit of pace and has now become our most listened to episode. Um, the one before that was the Christmas episode. That was the most popular. I think people have stopped listening to the Christmas episode now. Um, although it's like UK Gold, you know, you see sort of uh, the Royal Family Christmas specials on in June and August, don't you, and so yeah. on. Um, but but people have stopped listening to our Christmas one now, and they started listening to the newer ones, which is good. Um, but I think I'm going to have to mention at this point, Penniston Church FC, um, who have also got a SoundCloud account. I uh, know them very well. I report on them for my Sunday radio show. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the podcast before, but I do a, a radio show on a Sunday. Have I mentioned that for sure? Uh, I think so. Is it between uh, 10 and 12 in the morning? It is, yeah. Uh, what frequency is it on, by the way? Uh, 95.7. 95.7 Penistone FM. That's yes. right, yeah. 10, very good programme. 10 yeah. well 12, I don't know if you've mentioned that or not. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I've, I feature Penniston Church quite a lot on there, and uh, they liked our SoundCloud account, and we liked theirs, and... You know, it's getting very friendly, uh, online friendships and all that. Yeah. And it it looks like we've uh, got some extra listeners um, through having Peniston Church as our friends on SoundCloud. Now, I don't know if the listeners are meaning to... So whether they're listening to an interview after the game of... Uh, um, Peniston Church manager Ian Richards, and then it's sort of rolling over and to enter somehow people finding our podcast and whether people are only listening to the first few seconds of it, I'm not sure. But we thought early, as early as possible, let's give Peniston Church a mention and anyone who listens who's a fan of Peniston Church or a player or a manager or whatever. It's a very good friendship from our point of view, really, isn't it? Because <laughs> by, by them being friends with us, we're getting 11 extra listeners at least, surely. But by with us connecting to them, they're only getting two people coming across, aren't they? On board? <laughs> so anyway, we, we we thought we thought we've got to give them a mention, and they're doing very well this season. They've got a cup final coming up in a few weeks at Bramall Lane. All right, very good. Um, they've done very well. They're, they're, they've lost something like two in twenty-seven games this season in the first season in the NCEL Tool Station Premier Division, um, which is I can't remember the ninth tier of English football, something like that. But they've they've been working their way up over the last few seasons, and they're doing really really well. For anyone who wants to check out Penston Church, uh, there's a Facebook page for them if you want to have a look at see how they're doing. They beat Pontefract at the weekend, who are the top of the league in the NCEL Premier Division. 
That meant absolutely nothing to me. This, I, I suppose this must be how you feel when I start talking <laughs> about cricket. Well, well, what we've got coming up today, for sure, we're talking about cricket today, are we again? Uh, we have got a cricket team quiz. <laughs> oh, here um, we go. Just because we mentioned ball tampering a bit, I thought we'd try and do a quiz about Think, all the controversies if, it, if you didn't make it a quiz, I could have just gone up, gone and sat in the living room, caught up on some, I don't know, some soaps or some... I don't really watch soaps, but that's what people say. Um, I could have caught up on some TV while you talked about cricket for a little bit. But because you've made it a quiz, somebody's got to be here to answer the questions. Yeah, I could have answered it myself, but i definitely get 10 out of 10 on that, I think. <laughs> um, so we've got the Apology of the Week coming up. Um, and then our theme is based around... The uh, London, London Marathon, Marathon, of course. And then uh, Fisher will be doing the regular, irregular feature with cricket. And it's time to open the drinks. And uh, I have gone today for... We, we normally do try and stick quite local if we can. Stick around Yorkshire, lad. I try to, but I have tried quite a lot of Yorkshire beers now. How close to Yorkshire have you got today? Well, it, look, I, I tried to base it on the theme of the podcast, and it's the London Marathon. So I have got a beer um, for us from the meantime, meantime is in, in the meantime, that kind yep. of thing, Brewing Company, uh, which is based in London, I believe. Is it based in Greenwich? I'm not sure, actually. Which would make sense. Uh, yeah, it's no, it's, ba- it's the meantime Brenning, uh, you are correct, it, it could be that, yeah. It could well be that. Well, that'd be fairly obvious. This one. is probably out of date by an hour, or oh yeah, in date by four hours. Who knows? Um, it's the yeah meantime brewing company in London, um, and it's called London Pale Ale because I wanted something that was London Marathon themed. So uh, I'll open these for us. I hope you enjoy that, Fisher. And uh, I think we're going to move on and talk about what's been in the news. <laughs> So, for sure, what has been in the news? Uh, in the news, we have had plenty of stuff. I mean, to be honest, Jimbo, I am just shocked that you've actually got the beers in this week after last week's <laughs> escapade of don't worry, I'll get the beer and turned up without any. About three weeks in a row that I didn't bring a beer, weren't it? Something like that. Um, yes, yeah, so, and that's a very nice beer as well, by the way. I've, I've not um, tried it yet, so have a, let's have a go. And again, if they want to mention us, if we, we'll, we'll tweet them, won't we, and they can share or like or yep. whatever you call it. There's, what, 8 million people live in London, so that's quite a big market to try and get to. Um, I think do we need to apologise the week? Well, we already broke we broke America before we broke the UK, didn't we? We, we seem to be more popular in San Francisco than any other city in the world. Well, than Sheffield and Barnsley, yeah. Uh, we've not done apology of the week, have we? we? We haven't. Oh yeah, of course. Apology of the week then. So there are a couple of well, there is a few big things we need to apologise for because we did April theme, didn't we? In, we did. in April, of course, uh, the last podcast. And we talked about the things and the events that were going off in April. So um, things such as Stress Awareness Month, National Pet Month, Mathematics and Statistics Awareness Month, IBS Awareness Month and Bowel Cancer Awareness Month, Jazz Appreciation Month, Walk to Work Day, which was the 6th of April, uh, the 7th of April was World Health Day and International Pillow Fight Day, and 9th of April was Parkinson's Awareness Week, the start of Parkinson's Awareness Week. We decided to celebrate absolutely... Nothing whatsoever. We've done nothing <laughs> in relation to any of these events. We haven't even had a pillow fight, you'll be disappointed to hear. Um, so we've not, we apologise for not doing anything uh, to actually raise any awareness. Although we did mention them on the podcast. So. Well, I mean, uh, especially Mathematics and Statistics Awareness Month, uh, somebody got in touch to say, I, I was disappointed with how much that was mentioned. Um, so I, what I tried to do is I tried to count how many times I mentioned it for Mathematics and Statistics Awareness Month. Um, I did a few graphs, some flowcharts, a pie chart... Um, I got a calculator out, did some sums, some formulas, but in the end, I just couldn't be bothered to do any reports on it. Uh, but that was for Mathematics Statistics Awareness Month, and we didn't celebrate any of it. We didn't even do any jazz hands in Jazz Appreciation Month. There's always time, anyway. Uh, so, moving on. 
Okay, so what has been in the news? We'll try again. My favourite story this last fortnight, Jimbo. Sumo wrestling. I'm looking at you. I'm thinking sumo wrestling. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. Sorry, I don't mean like that. I actually did uh, look up once which division I'd be in the sumo wrestling. And surprisingly enough, I wouldn't be in the lightest division. <laughs> Would you not? <laughs> I know it's a shame, isn't it? But you'd be surprised how low the weights go. Really? Yes. Yeah, so it's not a case that I'm so big that I'm not even in the lightest of the sumos. It's that there are light sumo wrestling really? groups. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, that's that's not the particular. I mean, part the, he- of the heavyweights like the size of a double decker bus. But yeah, yeah. There's a lot uh, of divisions. We should probably make the point that Jimbo, you're not actually that big um, <laughs> at all. Um, but sumo wrestling has been in the news this week. Um, there was a sumo wrestler who collapsed. I don't know if actually, I don't know if it was a sumo wrestler who collapsed in the ring or a ring announcer who was introducing the fight collapsed in the ring, <laughs> and a female doctor ran in. To start, like, you don't want to sure. find yourself in the ring in a sumo wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very awkward place to get. Uh, well, particularly for a woman, um, <laughs> she ran in to give first aid to this person who collapsed. And do you know what happened? Go on. They kicked her out. Right. Okay. Uh, a sumo wrestling ring is said to be a very sacred place for men only, and the fact that a woman had stepped into the ring, she was instantly ushered out of the ring. They would rather let the male person die than have a female person in the ring. And do you know what happened then, when she actually left the ring? Go on. They started throwing salt in there to purify the ring. Oh my... <laughs> where was this? Is it Was it in Japan? Or... Uh, yes, in Japan. Japan. Is that, uh, that's where Sumo is from, isn't it, basically? Is that right? Uh, predominantly, yeah. I think a lot of the... Uh, I was going to say some of the bigger names in uh, Sumo Wrestling. Uh, some of the more popular Sumo Wrestlers are actually from Mongolia. Right, nowadays, okay. It seems to be quite a... Quite a big, uh, I was going to say, a big thing. Is the aim just to sort of push each other out of a circle? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, grab hold of that person's nappy as much as you can or whatever it is that they're wearing and basically push them out of the circle is the main main gist of it. Um, and that's the purpose of the nappy, so that there's something to hold on to but not much else. Maybe it's just the fact that the, big, <laughs> that the contestant would be absolutely cacking themselves at the size <laughs> of the person who's about to squash and land on top of them. Unless they're just really big babies. Could, they could be, yeah. God, imagine, imagine, imagine giving birth to one of those. <laughs> Um, so that was probably one of my favourite stories this week. Um, and having mentioned, obviously, looked at you and made a comment about Sumo, which is very unfair, um, <laughs> I'm very pleased that you're clothed. Okay. Because uh, certain two BBC um, journalists have started in their own podcast. And you know what the slight twist in their podcast is? Go on. They're naked. Right, okay. It's called, it is the Naked well, Podcast. Well, we've been, been doing that for 24 episodes. We just don't shout about it. <laughs> yeah. We've not got as much to shout about. I maybe. think I've got as, as little as pyjamas. That's as far as I've gone. Yeah. Um, you've always... Sexy lingerie. In in any podcast we've ever done, you've always worn full trousers and a top. As as have I as well. It's getting warmer, though. It is, so maybe we'll be break out into shorts one time. <laughs> um, but yeah, a podcast has been created. What do they talk about on the podcast? I don't know. That's what I can't quite work out. But it is called the Naked Podcast, so I assume that must be part of it. Just talking about each other's bodies. So it must get a bit boring after a bit. I, mean, I can't imagine it makes much of a good audio oh, podcast. Well, we, we we'd be quite good because you've already looked across at me and described me as a, uh, compared me to a sumo wrestler. No, I didn't. And, that, and I've got my clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't actually compare you to a sumo wrestler. Well, there we go. Um, so I thought that was a very interesting interesting kind of podcast. I mean, we do a bit of research for our podcast, don't we? Which involves listening to the podcast and finding out what's what's out and about. Have they got a name for the podcast? Is it just called The Naked Podcast? I believe podcast? it's just called The Naked Podcast. Yeah. And well, that is they, their twist. You know why they're doing it, though? Because the, the episodes that we've had the most views for, or listens, sorry, listens for, the stats are, there's two episodes. One of the episodes is called um, This 
um, this podcast has lo- lots of birds and tits. That's one of our most popular listened to podcasts. Yep. And so recently is um, we didn't tamper with our balls during the making of this <laughs> podcast. What? And then our most uh, our, our most popular listened to podcast. So maybe that's what they're going for by having the naked podcast. People tuning in. I'm not sure what they're expecting to get out of it because I'm, I'm guessing this is an audio podcast as well. Yeah. Because oh, it, it accompanied with video. I'll tell you what. Let's listen to this podcast. The two presenters have got the tits out. Oh, it's going to be great, isn't it? Just, <laughs> just listening to that women talking while well, they got the breasts there. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? <laughs> so I don't really quite understand uh, understand what's happening there. Uh, another thing I don't really understand is uh, what's happening in Syria. Yeah. Um, you've you've just taken your beer away from your mouth. You're about to have a swiggy beer, and I mentioned something serious, and then we thought, oh, we've got to talk about it. Um, so we've we've uh, fired some missiles at Syria. Um, the UK. America and France, I believe, were involved in firing missiles at Syria uh, against President Assad, who it's alleged used chemical weapons uh, against other people from Syria. Um, and I'm not too sure what your opinions are on this. Uh, previously, whenever we've done things like this and taken military action against other countries, uh, there's been some kind of debate and vote in Parliament first. Didn't do any of that this time. That, Major... Well, that's because she knows that it wouldn't get approved, would it? So she's just gone against everybody, really, which well, is a bit which is a bit cheeky, isn't it, really? Well, why did we pay £1.5 billion pounds to DUP, then? That's <laughs> the whole point of it, isn't it? To get, get them yeah. to approve things. True. Um, so it's... I, I, what I find really strange, and I'm not saying that... Because um, you see that the... Um, it all came about, didn't it, when some videos came out of, apparently, Syrian civilians, which included women, children, and so on, um, had... Had obviously been somehow caught in the crossfire with chemical weapons or something like that. But it has been quite clear on, and, and sort of all the news channels have been quite clear about this, that it's unverified video, right? Which is fair enough. I'm not saying it's, it's fake video or anything like that, but it's unverified. What I can't get is how come the BBC can get reporters in places like North Korea and get loads of video of what's going on there. Yeah. They can get reporters pretty much everywhere. You can get Ross Kemp on the front line <laughs> in Afghanistan, talking to ISIS, yet the videos of this of these people who have been apparently got in these chemical attacks, whatever it has been, are unverified. That's the bit that confuses me, and not everything seems to click into place quite nicely for, for certain countries and certain politicians, you know, the, the sort of poisoning of the Russian spy, the Facebook data breach, and how apparently Russia was involved in that as mm. well. Things seem to click together quite nicely, don't they, sometimes? And uh, suddenly we're firing missiles everywhere. Yeah. I think I'd like to see a bit more of a reserved approach, to be honest. But Possibly, yeah. I mean, obviously, it sounds like, if it's true what's happened in Syria, it's a very um, a very sad situation. But I mean, then again, how, and, and it's, it is sad, but how many other things like that are happening in various other countries across the world, particularly places like Saudi Arabia? They have yeah. a lot of issues with human rights and... And various things towards their own people and so on that mm. um, you know, based on things like sexuality and all that kind of thing, we don't go running in there, do we? And and, and chucking his weight in there either. But you know, there's, there's, there's sometimes I think there's a lot more stuff going on that we that people just don't know about, isn't there? Maybe, and that we mean, never will, unfortunately. Uh, well, yes, you can't unfortunately make the world a, a perfect place. Um, I suppose, really, you can only put yourself in the position of a Syrian person, and you can just imagine thinking, I tell you what, our life is so downtrodden. Was so um, you know people are behaving so poorly towards us. Um, I live in fear. I just wish Donald Trump and Theresa May could come and save us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine... they're not thinking that, are they? <laughs> no, I don't think they are thinking that. And they, they're not even allowed to come to this country either. Are they? When in a, if you remember, only a few years ago, the uh, Theresa May was quite 
harsh towards Syrian refugees, weren't she, and how many were able to come to the country. So yes. now we're bombing them. We're not allowed to let any of them in, apparently, either to, to seek refuge or whatever. Yes. Um, it's been unfortunate, the whole thing. Yeah. Well, on a slightly lighter note, uh, do you see about the Russian... <laughs> You see about the Russian reporter who fell to death today? Um, <laughs> okay, no. Yeah. Um, oh, was this the, this was a mystery fall? Yes. Apparently, local the local Russian news could be a new feature on the show. The mystery fall. Mystery fall. Yeah. Who's who's fallen out of a window today? Which I would have thought not many people fall off of their balcony very often, um, particularly in Russia, and particularly a journalist who, by the sounds of it, has written quite a lot against um, the Russian government and is quite a opinionated and forthright journalist, and he. Fell from his balcony to his death on the fifth floor. Uh, sorry, his balcony was on the fifth floor, and he fell to his death on the on, down to the ground below. And the local Russian Russian media said that there was nothing suspicious about this. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. All those times you accidentally fall out of the fourth fourth or fifth floor window. Are, are, are we going to? There's quite a bit of Russia stuff. Are we going to stay on Russia? We can do for, yes. this, sec, for this. Just for the, the the final, the next bit, and 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 all this stuff worries me. That's going on because we don't we don't want to go to war, do we? We don't want more wars. We don't want fighting. I've got too much stuff on. How are we going to do the podcast if uh, we're going to war? Exactly, and you know, if 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 they are considering any wars, then and you know, we and you know, I don't know whether automatic enrolment is something that happen in the future. I don't know, but maybe the cut-off date could be 30. Yeah, I think we, that's... We both turned 30 earlier this year, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I think that's pensions you're thinking of, uh, automatic enrolment as opposed okay. to military service. <laughs> well, you uh, never know. It's happened before. Um, you know, may, Maybe because, you know, maybe they could make the cut-off date 30. You know, we've we got a podcast to do. But we could we could podcast. We could do some some morale-boosting morale podcasts. Yeah, we'd be like... We'll the... do it naked if we have to. Yeah, we'll <laughs> if it helps. morale, yeah. Um, <laughs> we could be like Vera Lynn in World War Two by podcasting to the troops on the front line. <laughs> but sticking with Russia, um, today, footage has emerged from Russia showing a bear being made to hand over the match ball before a game football match in the third division in uh, Russian football. All oh, right, so he did it with his uh, he did it with his bare hands. <laughs> he, he did, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's a bit of a grisly story um, <laughs> because obviously animal rights campaigns are saying that this is a bear force to perform, and it's you know, you know to perform. He's just handing the ball over. He well, he's, anything, he's in a football stadium with possibly thousands yeah. of fans and. And, you know, I mean, again, going back to Ross Kemp, have you ever watched the Football Hooligans episodes of Ross Kemp? And I haven't seen I think there's some pretty, uh, I think there's some, I think the, the Russian sort of Football Hooligans can be uh, pretty scary. Uh, the Russian Ultras, yeah. Um, but I suppose the Bears not going to be worried about them. But as well, the main point in this is they're getting Bears to hand over footballs before a football match. Uh, one thing, how do we know it was a bear and not a mascot? <laughs> some mascots look quite real um, yeah. these days. So it could have been a football mascot. Um and two, if it was a bear, then I'm really worried about going to war when Russia have got bears that just do things that we should do, that they we can, can do. They can take instructions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we were scared a few months ago on the podcast, weren't we, about robotic dogs? Exactly, yeah. Who needs them when you've got yeah. bears Actual handing over bear. match day footballs? Yeah, that is surely more scary. We'd be taking home the match double next after scoring a hat-trick. Yeah, or surely just eating the match ball. <laughs> but yeah, they actually did well to get him to follow the instruction and hand the bear across. Have you, uh, ever, have you ever seen a polar bear? Uh, not um only on the on the packet of some imperial mints <laughs> and po- possibly in a zoo. No, I, I've I've seen a polar bear in Yorkshire. All right, okay. Yeah, Yorkshire Wildlife Park. Oh yes, they've got a polar bear. They're famous. They got yeah. a polar bear, haven't they? Yeah. Well, famously, have you been? No. I would recommend. I would recommend it as a day out because you can see both lions and polar bears on the same thing, just like wandering around, not together next to each other, but yeah, you kinda, that can't be good. Yeah, it's part of the same complex. It's it's a funny climate, Yorkshire. Yeah, well, to have polar bears and lions, yeah, yeah, 
just wandering around. Yeah, very impressive. All all in a safe environment, I would like <laughs> to add. Uh, what else are we going to talk about? I think we've got a couple more things to go. Should we talk... Um, should we, let, let's talk Ant. Ant. Ant McPartland. Yeah, he, so... He's, he's he's been to court, hasn't he? Today, I believe, uh, yes. on the day of recording our podcast. And he, does it mean he's escaped a prison sentence then? Um, because he's got this hefty fine. He, yeah. Well, ultimately, I was going to say he doesn't cause any danger to the public unless he's like driving the car and about to crash into you. Um, he has been given a twenty-month ban from driving and a fine of eighty-six thousand pounds, which takes into account the fact that he earns a lot more money than most people do. He's one of the biggest. Uh, Fines ever, isn't it? I believe for drink driving. Is that right? Probably, like yeah. That. But so, it's obviously. Does it get based on your income? Yes, um, yeah. I think it's possibly why. Obviously, I think it was alleged that he earns about one hundred thirty thousand pounds a week. Mm. On I average, mean, which it, means Deck now earns about two hundred six thousand pounds a week. What they should have done is, um, okay, pe- some people might have been calling out for a prison sentence because, let's face it, that's possibly what some people would have got for the same crime, hmm. possibly. Um, Let's 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 go middle because obviously there's not there's not many people want to see him go to prison. You know he's he's been through a lot. He's a big celebrity, big name. He should that shouldn't have any account at all. Mm. It should be you know a fair punishment based on his crime and all that kind of thing. But maybe they could have gone middle of the road a little bit. Maybe sort of he went middle of the road, didn't he? That's he did go problem, middle yeah. of the road. What they should have done is maybe do a bush tucker trial and eat some like a kangaroo anus <laughs> or something um, in court. He'd probably have to do that in prison now, you think about it, wouldn't you, <laughs> on his first There's night? Not, yeah. <laughs> what, eating anus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Possibly not kangaroo anus. I think he'd yeah. be hoping for that, um, if that was the case. Anyway, um, on to the Commonwealth Games, where I don't think um, eating kangaroo anus is an event there. Um, it the... is not. Netball is, though, and we're very good at it. <laughs> From kangaroo anus to netball. Yeah. And we are very good at it, aren't we? Um, not me and you, personally. But no. the England women's netball team... They they beat Australia and got the gold medal. Yeah, yeah, got gold and, and Australia are the best at netball ever in the world. Second right? best, I think you'll Second find best. there. Well, they are now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't really know much about netball. Uh, Gary Neville's sister is the coach. Is that right? All right, okay. Uh, or did you think it was Phil Neville's sister? Um, <laughs> so the okay. Uh, yeah, Tracy Neville used to play for Great Britain, and now she is the English uh, netball team manager, and she helped to lead them to success. Literally in the last second of the game, they threw the netball into the net and won it. It was like the. the in fact, it's weird because in football, yeah, you do celebrate and you know, like you've won and so on, but you still got to go back and kick off, haven't you? But it just sort of ended there, didn't it? Because yeah. that's it. The time time, time was up. Hmm. Um, so I don't under, completely understand how netball works, but I know it's done in sort of four quarters, isn't it? Uh, two halves, you have four quarters. Yeah. This game took four quarters. Well, if, if if it was split into four, then I would think it'd be quarters, yeah. That <laughs> would, would make sense. Um, so, yeah, I don't know a huge amount about it. Uh, my favourite bit of the Commonwealth Games was the boxing. In particular, there was a certain weight division of the women's boxing, I think, that only got seven competitors. Okay. Um, so they had like a round-robin knockout. So, yeah, literally a knockout, obviously. Um, and one person got a bye straight into the semi-finals. And if you're in the semi-finals in the boxing and you lose the semi-final, you each get given a bronze medal. So there's not kind of a th- like a third-place playoff like sometimes have in certain boxing things. So there was one competitor who had instantly earned a bronze medal without even doing anything whatsoever, which is surely not a very good sporting competition, <laughs> is it? And people say the Commonwealth Games is just a Mickey Mouse competition. <laughs> um, is it, have we done well in any other sports that you were aware of? Have you kept up, up with it? or I haven't been paying any attention whatsoever. I saw that they handed over to Birmingham and they did a seven-minute dance around Birmingham, you know, like a... A one scene dance shot thing. Really? Yeah. What was that like? Uh, well, 
it, it looked a bit odd. Yeah. It was a handover. So, you know, like they do a handover at the end of the games. And yeah. Some, and it was basically Birmingham running around. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne wasn't there, unfortunately. Yeah. He's I, from Birmingham, isn't he? Accepting the baton for it. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks for the baton. But they did, they did some uh, dancing uh, to receive the next Commonwealth Games. But there was also, this brings us on sort of, sort of nicely, but it's not a nice thing to sort of mention really but he's uh the poor runner the scottish runner who was doing the marathon and it was so hot and he was leading and i think he's only a mile from the finish line uh in front and he just collapsed of exhaustion didn't say well you should, you should take our tip on marine marathons which is like don't try and get towards the front yeah just... <laughs> come on sit with us do a podcast <laughs> yeah. instead oh yeah although we quite often get you know within a minute of finishing and just feel like oh we just can't do it anymore yeah imagine yeah imagine if we collapsed during the podcast i mean honestly <laughs> we're too professional far more professional than them clearly but we we but the, the difference with us we have drinks ready yeah we keep um we've got our london pale ale to keep us going exactly we keep and this freshened com- up this competitor didn't even have any pale ale anyone handing pale ale out to him during the uh, during the marathon I mean, is he not trained for this properly? What's he not what he's doing? What's his nutritionist telling him? Drink Lucozide instead or some rubbish like that? What an idiot. Well, I think this brings us on nicely to today's theme. Which is the London Marathon. So it is the London Marathon this weekend. Uh, so yeah, and it's as always, you know, it, it's something out to look out for because you look out for which people are running it, the sort of daft costumes, who's going to be the quickest, um, and how hot it's going to be, and how many portaloos there are, and how many, you know, th- there's always something to look out for at London Marathon. It's quite fun to watch, isn't it? Yeah, and I quite like the reporting on it as well. It makes it's it's quite good to see, and it's it's quite a it's quite a, a sort of. Um, empowering sort of thing as well, isn't it? it is, see, yeah. It's a bit, good British thing to watch. You see a lot of people raising money for charity. You see yeah. idiots running around in rhinoceros costumes and it taking them <laughs> about seven hours to complete it. And they, they they pass out through heat exhaustion in a legitimate reason because they're in a rhinoceros costume. Not like this Scottish <laughs> fella who just got a bit too hot and wasn't fit enough. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Um, so I thought I'd give you some little facts about the London Marathon. I've I've kind of picked things that are just you know that they're a bit more random rather than saying how many people run it and all that kind of thing and how long it's been running. I haven't done the research for that, which is why I'm not going to tell you. But I thought I'd just picked out some odd, some some sort of unique facts about the London Marathon. So did you get the fact about why it's 26 and a bit miles? Uh, no, you can tell. You can right. start us off with that if you okay. like. So it used to be. Well, I think it's right anyway. <laughs> it used to be the case that it was just 26 miles. And at a London Olympics years ago, um, they wanted to finish in front of the royal box. Or they, want, they want the finish line to be right where the royal family was sat. And they got a start line somewhere else. This is just typical, isn't it? So instead of moving the royal box a little bit further that way... They got people to run an extra 300 metres, I think. <laughs> and since that time, every marathon has been 26 miles plus, I think, about 320 odd yards or something like that. And the, for those people who call for the for the moniker to be abolished, that's just another reason, isn't yeah. it? Making people run an extra 300 metres. And now everybody, not just them, everybody's got to do that now because that's now the standard marathon distance. Yeah. That's all down to our moniker. Hmm. What a shame. So anyway, go, go on with your own research. <laughs> so, um, most popular occupation of people running the marathon. Oh. And a lot of these stats from last year because obviously it's not happened this year yet. Yeah. So... Um, but and I, th- I, be- I believe this is still the most popular occupation of people running the marathon. Bear in mind, you've got to apply to the London Marathon. Not everybody gets to do it. I would have thought. So you, you have to be fit to do it, really, don't you? So I would have thought teacher. No. Doctor. No. Is it public service, some form? No. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> We're talking private sector. All oh, right. Um, general office worker. 
No, not gen. Well, a bit more, less general than that. Oh, uh, uh, you'll you'll like this accountant. Yes. So, oh yes. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, what can I say? You know, with my degree in accountant and financial management, uh, I've always always felt more than capable of running a marathon. You and I both know that you hardly do any accounts anymore. You I, do not. You, you fix computers yeah. and do the systems. <laughs> I do. I do less accounting than I do marathons nowadays. <laughs> uh, next, then, how many um, how many pubs runners have to run past? How many pubs do you have to run past? Um, it's great when you do your research and don't actually put the answer down. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> um, well, you don't really need it, because if you were sensible like us, you'd have the bottle of London Pale Ale at the side, so you wouldn't need to win the pub. Um, I would have thought there's probably... I would have thought there's that many on the actual route, so maybe... Actually, it's 26 miles, so there must be a lot. I'd say 30. It's actually in the 80s. I believe it's 86, really? yes. So oh. I, 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 for some reason, I didn't put the answer down, which so that's is probably, stupid. So that's but one, anyway. one probably every about... 250 metres? Yeah. Miles? Oh, probably about 400 metres, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but but obviously that's... Why don't they just do a pub crawl instead? Yeah. Back a lot. Yeah, I'd be Ma- possibly uh, even a half in each pub would be too much. Um, a quarter in each pub, a sip in each pub, a shot in each pub. Not a shot of spirits, a shot of, shot a shot of, beer. of beer in each pub. I think a ladies' glass. I think a ladies' glass is at about a third <laughs> of the time. Um, oldest runner? Oh, I think there must be surely someone into the 90s. So I'd say 92. It's actually interesting on this because uh, a gentleman who's now uh, died, Buster oh. Martin, who's, he didn't die during the marathon. Buster uh, yeah. 101 years old, he claimed really? to be. But I don't know whether that's been verified or not. I don't know whether that's that that's correct or not, whether it was in the early days before they didn't ha- really have people registering as much as they do now and so on. Um, but um, I think it's actually the, the one we know of um, is 83-year-old Kenneth Jones, who's run every single London marathon as well. Really? Uh, not sure whether he's doing it this year or not. He definitely did it last year, but the one to look out for. Maybe that's our homework for the next podcast. Did Kenneth Jones run the marathon? How did he do it? Where did he finish? Where did he finish? What time did he do it in and all that? Uh, youngest person? Oh, well... You thought you had to be 16 to do it, or 18. Uh, so I'd say, I'd say you've got to be 18 to do it. It is 18, yeah. Yep. Bang on 18. Somebody did it on the birthday. I think that might have been last year or the year before, maybe. Do you think, do you think the mum and dad said, I tell you what, we've got something really special for your 18th birthday. Well, You're going to be running 26 and a bit miles. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, your 18th birthday, we're going to take you to eight past 86 different pubs. <laughs> Problem is you can't go in any. <laughs> You've just got to run past every single one of them. You'll have a bit of water, and that's about it. Yeah, um, yeah 18. Um, and yeah, I just did a bit more research on the celebrities that run it, and I thought we could play a game of um, faster or slower Instead of higher or lower, you right, know, like okay, Bruce's okay. higher or lower. Yep. So, do we think we need a bit of uh, game? Cards, right? We we need a bit of game show music, don't we? Let, we we've got some. Here we go. Jimbo's higher or lower, or what do you call it? Quicker or slower? Quicker or slower? Quicker or slower? Okay. You know when sometimes we meet up in the pub and do like our podcast planning yeah. sessions, just as think about what we're going to talk about and stuff. Yeah. Why do you never mention this sort of stuff that we're going to play games called Faster or Slower? <laughs> uh, you've got some theme music prepared just in case. <laughs> but yes, let's, let, let's, let's go. No, I did that, that, that's, that, that's just stand, our standard game show music. Right, okay. Anyway, are we ready? So, right, do you want, what, what I'll do is I'll read a celebrity out and then I want you to tell me whether they are they went faster or 
quicker or slower than the previous celebrity when running right. marathons. So we're not talk- these uh, people have run marathons over numerous years. I haven't got all the dates for each one of them, but I just thought, yeah. can you name who did faster and slower and so on? So first of all, obviously, Gordon Ramsay. We're going to start with Gordon Ramsay. Now, we haven't got... Obviously, there's no one to compare him to yet because he's the first one we've mentioned. So do you want to have a guess at the time he did a marathon? Do you know what the average for a marathon is? Um, well, the world record for men is probably about... Two two hours ten minutes something like that might be a bit or, or less maybe, than maybe that. a bit less two five, five two probably something like that, yeah. probably for women about I think two hours fifteen something like that I would have thought most most social runners would aim to probably try and do it in under four hours is that about right um, about four hours or so average is four hours twenty three minutes right okay so did Gordon Ramsay beat the average or go below the average well, I know Gordon Ramsay in... used to play football for Rangers didn't he this is quite fit so I would have mm. thought it's probably it was probably quicker. But then he's so worked faster. in kitchens for... And, for and ate a load of food, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully it's healthy stuff. So I'm going to say faster. Uh, no, slower. Oh, all right. Four hours and 26 uh, minutes it, it, it took him. So not far off. Pretty pretty average to be, yeah. you know, that that's the sort of average time it took people. Uh, so then, quicker or slower for ITV presenter on um, Good Morning Britain... Susanna Reid, you thought we were going to say Piers Morgan. Susanna Reid, no, I can't imagine. He's too, he's too lazy and yeah. ignorant to run a marathon. He's <laughs> yeah. too busy. I don't know. I do like the concept that uh, you might be on the starting line, that you might get about 10,000 people running away from Piers Morgan. That would <laughs> be quite a good idea. Susanna Reid, I think, again, she's quite fit. I think she'll probably do it faster. Faster than Gordon Ramsay? Faster than Gordon Ramsay. Slower than Gordon Ramsay. Five hours it took Susanna really? Reid. Um, Ricky Wilson of the Kaiser, Kaiser Chiefs. Chiefs. Um, oh, I can't. Again, I think he will be faster. What I would think is it would be good if you got... Um, like Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs used to be on The Voice, didn't he? He did. What, what would be really good entertainment is if they could get the uh, the the voice coaches of The Voice to spin round in the chairs numerous times and then set off to do the marathon. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? That'd be a, a good laugh. Or maybe if Ricky Wilson got to the end and it just got Will I Am sat there in his chair and he spun round and said, no, sorry, you weren't good enough, you have to run back now. <laughs> and I, I believe um, this was... He ran the marathon um, after the London... When were the London riots? Um, in 2011, I think. Oh, well, this is interesting then, because Ricky Wilson ran the London marathon in 2011. Mm. Perhaps he predicted he the riot while he was while he was running round. That's maybe done. what he was shouting, I predict a riot. But no, that song was done before, wasn't it? But he could have predicted it still. Could have. So there you go. Um, anyway, he did it. So, so faster or slower than Susanna Reid? I thought it was faster. Well, you'd be wrong. Another one was slower. Is it all getting slower here? Uh, it took him four days, 23 hours and 51 minutes because he collapsed halfway through. Oh, all right. So I'm that sort of suggests that he got up and carried on later on at some point. I don't he'll know. have to do that. He'll have to continue after everyone's... I, I, I don't know, because I suppose what he would have spent four days recovering and then gone back and yeah. somehow completed it. But anyway... Well, well, we're from Yorkshire, obviously, and um, one of the... Popular sports in Yorkshire. Have you ever been to Homefirth? Uh, yes, I have. Um, I've... Where Last of the Summer Wine was filmed. Where Last of the Summer Wine was filmed. Um... For anyone who's not from Yorkshire and likes a good fact about Yorkshire. Yep, where Last of, Last of the Summer Wine was filmed. It's, it's a great place to go down the um, side of a hill in a bathtub, obviously. <laughs> uh, there's the picture, picture, picture down, picture house. Yep. Um, outside there, years ago, uh, there was someone who attempted to break the world record. Do you know what for? 
for having a ferret down your trousers for the longest. <laughs> to, 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 to That's not very fair on the ferret. It's not very fair on the ferret, but at least you didn't have to like, take the football to the start of the game. <laughs> the ferret's um, like being down trousers? Uh, well, I don't think so, because it, it bit the contestant a number of times. <laughs> I think he tried to get people watching him for about eight hours while he did this thing with the ferret down his trousers. And obviously, it's not very much of a spectator sport. So people, <laughs> not only did people start leaving, they started dismantling the stage he was stood it on. It could have been like the, uh, remember, you know, like the fairs, like whack the rat when it comes out the bottom, <laughs> and they could have just whacked his <laughs> and him on the ankle. Uh, so Ricky Wilson, yeah, four four days, twenty three hours and fifty one minutes after collapsing halfway through in two thousand eleven. So Will Young, did he do it faster? Or slow? Well, he's got to do it faster, surely. <laughs> he did, yeah. Uh, do you want to guess his time then? Do you think he did uh, better than the average or sort of slower than the average? I think it's probably just. Uh, I think it's probably slower than the average, Will Young. Yep, four hours and thirty seven minutes. Oh, that's not too bad. That's about average, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, next then, Lorraine Kelly. Lorraine. Lorraine. Do you need to do the impression? Uh, um, if you want, if you could do it. Now you can now. try it. Um, Lorraine Kelly. <laughs> she, she probably doesn't sound as gruff as that. <laughs> oh, well, we Lorraine. Uh, now, let me think. She'll have done it in, uh, um, I think, slower. <laughs> That's quite a good impression. Yeah, uh, six hours, 14 minutes. So, okay. But she did it. I mean, any ch- finishing a London Marathon is an achievement, isn't it, for anyone? Next then, Joe Pasquale. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are impressions, Fisher? Uh, I can do impressions of that. Um, just want to grab hold, please, Jimbo. Do you want me to <laughs> uh, Well, I think you would have done it a bit faster than faster than Lorraine Kelly. <laughs> what do you think he did it in? Uh, probably about um, four and a half hours. I think he was eating Milky Way magic stars on the way as well. You take an hour off, you've got it right. Or add an hour on, you've got it right. Five hours, 30 minutes. Not bad, really. Yeah, he's all right. over Squally. He's actually doing a degree at the minute as well. He's doing an open university degree. Don't you know? And it's in a really sort of... Uh, Odd subject as well, something like something like science or something like that. Um, he's done all sorts of random things. I don't know if he's if he can if he's a, if he can fly. I think he can fly planes. Can you imagine, imagine Joe Pasquale in a plane? Can you imagine if it's like can you imagine if he's doing a science experiment and it's something that produces off a load of helium <laughs> and it makes his voice go even higher? <laughs> you just don't need that happening. Uh, what about Katie Andre and Peter uh, Katie Andre? Andre. Peter, Katie Price, was she not called Katie Andre at one Katie Price and Peter Andre. They ran it together? Uh, they ran it together, yeah. Right, uh, How long did it take them? Uh, I I think they would have been faster than Joe Pasquale, but slower than the average. Because obviously Kate, Katie Price, Peter Andre, um, you know, they were going out at, at one point, so... Um, uh, were they genuinely going out? Yep. Are you sure? Yeah. I, I, I'd heard that it wasn't actually true, and that it was only a fake relationship, and that... A lot of people were just trying to get them to fall out and try and picture them taking arguments. A lot of people were really keen to watch the fake pair fall out. <laughs> so what do you reckon? <laughs> I think they were, they were faster than Joe Pascal. Pas- faster? Well, no, they were slower. Seven hours, 11 minutes. Really? Oh, yes. Um, which is um, longer than a lot of Katie Price's relationships, actually. <laughs> so anyway, uh, next then, Jensen Button. Faster or slower, quicker or slower than Katie Price and Peter Andre? I, th- I think I've heard before that Jensen Button is actually quite fit, and I think he ran it probably in about a sub-three-hour time. Well, if you're going to do it in a car, you're going to be yeah. you're going to be quick, aren't you? Going around the bends in a, yeah. in a Formula One car. Going 180 miles an hour, yeah. I think <laughs> I think he did it and actually did it quite quickly, so it might have even been yeah less than three hours. You're right, two hours, 52 minutes. Yeah, yeah particularly good. Because um, obviously, generally, I think when you're doing a half marathon, two hours is a, is a nice target for a lot of people, yeah. I think. So, that, to, so in case he crashes his car in a Formula 1, he can get out and run the rest of the way. <laughs> well, yeah. He's retired now, hasn't he? So maybe he'll just carry on doing more marathon running. Yeah. And finally then, Judge Rinder. Oh, uh, well, I can't imagine he was quicker than Jensen Button. 
Um, I think he would have probably danced his way there, or probably complained part way through it was unfair <laughs> and sentenced the sort of judge marker. So I think it would be slower. Yeah, slower. Three hours and sixteen minutes. Oh, there you go. That, though, Did you enjoy that? Uh, sort of, yeah. <laughs> Good luck to anybody running the London Marathon or any sort of... Mar- it's sort of like marathon season, isn't it? So good luck to anybody who's uh, running any marathons or anything like that. Yeah, all the best to you. Um, we hope you have a great time. And feel free to not do it next year and just do a podcast instead. Because I think it was the Sheffield Half Marathon just the other week as well, wasn't it? It was, it? Yes. So well done to anybody who did that. Yeah. Um, so I believe one of our... We keep mentioning him quite a lot, Henry, uh, who, who, who gives us a lot of material for our podcast because uh, he, he normally ends up getting himself into certain situations tells me and then I share it on the podcast like forgetting his suitcase on the train or mm-hmm. losing his keys in the river on the way to work um, but Henry did the uh, Sheffield Half Marathon I believe came back up to Sheffield because he's living back in St Albans now so Henry came back up to do the Half Marathon I think he did that so if you've got any, if anything happened to you on the Half Marathon Henry please let us know we'll yeah. use it in the next podcast if you like fell in the river part way through or something <laughs> like that or feel free to let us know so it's, uh, it's a time anyway obviously to try and do a, a little quiz for the irregular regular feature and we've had issues with cricket, haven't we, of late? Uh, and it's a new championship cricket season due to start. And a lot of cricket news has been centred around this ball tampering incident. Fish is so excited to talk about cricket. I'm I just so tell me about that. it. Um, so I thought we'll try and crowbar some more stuff into to cricket. So I've got details of controversies or unusual occurrences during cricket games. And, and so just you know, following on from the ball tampering scandal, what other scandals have there been in cricket, or just general strange things that have happened? Was it was it was it fun once? Was that was it? Uh, yes. Well, there was um, <laughs> there was a, an incident actually in a game last year. If you saw when a crossbow was fired onto the cricket pitch, do you hear about that last year? That's the kind of cricket match I yeah. want to watch. And yeah, the the three spectators who were watching it at the time, I think, were. <laughs> Just they amused. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't believe that something so interesting never happened during a game. You woke them up. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've got ten questions, um, and obviously I've got two things I want you to say. Which one's true uh, at the two options? So am I going to understand this? Because you know I'm not very good with cricket terms. Yes, I've tried to make it as simple and straightforward. You've given me a, like a list of of terminology or something like that, a glossary. There's not. There's nothing too <laughs> too difficult. I'll give you a glossary, but the gloss has been taken off by the sandpaper the Australians use. <laughs> So, during a tour game that England were playing in India in 2012, why was play stopped? Was it that three monkeys ran onto the pitch, or the game was played at the same time as a local Hindu festival, and all the players from the opposition went to the temple at four o'clock? Um, okay. I, I, well, I was going to say that the monkeys running on the pitch sounds ridiculous, but we did mention earlier on that a, Russia handed, uh, a bear in Russia <laughs> handed over the match ball yep. in the third division football match. <laughs> One, one, uh, a monkey each was carrying one stump and they put all three in together. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we, what kind of monkey was it? Was it a chimp? Was it an orangutan? Have you got any more details on this? Was it the monkey from the PG Tips advert and people just wanted a cup of tea? Um, oh, they, they knew the English players were coming over, so, uh, yeah, we'll give them a cup of tea served <laughs> by PG Tip monkeys. Um, uh, it could have been the mascots, you know. Um, you might be. be trying to trick me here. Um, but I think it just t- sounds a bit too ridiculous, that one. And I think um, it was in India, did you say? It was in India. So I think the the, the one about um, going to the temple to pray, mm-hmm. um, that's that's probably quite, you know, um, that's probably quite believable. I'd, I'd go with that one. Okay, and you would be wrong. In the game in 2012, uh, three monkeys ran onto the pitch when we were playing the tour match, and that stopped the game. Oh, are we talking real monkeys then? Actual monkeys. Right, okay, well... 
I, I, I'm confused. Well, yeah. they, but obviously, they weren't enjoying it any more than anyone else was. So. <laughs> this game is so boring. Let's, uh, let's do that. Um, I, it was interesting. Well, I say interesting. Uh, there was an occurrence during the actual proper international test match last year in Delhi where the play was stopped by pollution. Right, okay, fair enough. Uh, there was so much pollution in the atmosphere in Delhi that the bowlers complained they couldn't breathe properly <laughs> and they all had to play wearing face masks. Um, so there we go. Um, question two. Uh, shortly before this win- this year's Winter Ashes series, how did Australian spin bowler Nathan Lyon delay play in a game he was playing? So he was due to go out to bat but needed to go to the toilet so the game was delayed while he finished going to the toilet or he was cooking toast in the pavilion's kitchen and set the fire alarm off and the ground had to be evacuated. Uh, so the first one again was... He needed to go to the toilet. The toilet um... And they had to stop, stop game for him. I'm going to go with a with a more ridiculous one on this occasion. I think he was making toast in the pavilion. Because they do, don't they? they just during games and stuff, they can just go and do what they want when they're not batting or whatever, can't they? Uh, yeah, and you are absolutely right. <laughs> he was making himself some toast because he was hungry, set the fire alarm off in the pavilion, and because the... I'm not sure if you've seen a game of cricket, but people write down a score in a book to see, make sure they know what the score is. The people in the score box had to leave their bit because that was part of the main pavilion and that had to be evacuated so because there were no scorers the game had to stop for half an hour because someone had burnt some toast right okay and fair this enough is, this is in a proper um, proper um, just a, a level just below international football uh, international cricket so called the Sheffield Shield they could have had their own ashes then they could have they could have done yeah <laughs> that's, that's where it comes from just from, just from old burnt toast so in a New Zealand versus Australia game in 1981 what happened on the last ball with New Zealand needing six to win did the captain of Australia instruct his bowler to roll the ball underarm, meaning the batsman couldn't hit it for six? Or did the batsman smash the ball to the boundary for six after a particularly bad ball and the bowler was subsequently found to be guilty of match-fixing? Well, there we go. So this is one that's, that's getting difficult because I'm, I, with the cricket stuff, I'm not right good at it. So knowing what, what you know, so, all the different stuff and boundaries. But I'm going to go with, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the... Because match-fixing so is often... Um, put next to the words cricket these yep. days. I'm going to go with that one, I think. Uh, and you're wrong. There was a major incident in cricket where, with six needed to win, the bowler came in and rolled the ball on the floor. And if the ball's rolling on the floor, you can't actually get underneath it to hit it in the air for six. Does so, that not count as a no bowl, though? No, you used to, be able, you used to legally be able to bowl underarm in cricket. They've changed the rules now, so you won't be able to do it. Right, okay. And it was the the bowler's the bowler was a captain's brother. Ah, okay. So he got his brother to go and do that, and uh, it was very controversial at the time. So, uh, question four: Join the Have you heard of the Indian Premier League in cricket? Uh, a major, major, major cricket competition, and it's very popular. Okay. Okay. Uh, during the two thousand nine Indian Premier League, a blogger stirred up controversy at the Kolkata Knight Riders team and was widely believed to be a Kolkata Knight Riders player. Who were they actually, though? Was it a bored blogger who made up stories and had never met a cricketer in his entire life? Or was it the owner of a rival team who was taking part in a Dirty Tricks campaign? Um, I'm going to go with the... What, what year was it again? Uh, 2009. Oh, okay. It was a blogger mm. causing mischief. It was thought he was a member of the team who'd gone a bit rogue. But who was it actually? Just a nobody who'd never met a cricketer in his life who was a bit bored? Or was it a Dirty Tricks campaign from a rival owner? Um... I'm gonna go with the first one. I think it, I think it was uh, somebody who'd never met a cricketer before, or anything like that. And you're right. It was a complete and utter nobody. 
Okay. He just said it was a bit bored and the whole thing spiralled out of control. <laughs> and, got a lot, and, and various and people were arguing within the team as well because they didn't know who it was. <laughs> they thought it was a genuine, they got a genuine mould within the team. So, uh, again, match fixing. During a match Because fixing. somebody could just turn up on our podcast and we think, Who, who's this? It could just trick themselves, work their way in somehow. Yeah. Someone turns up claiming to be Fisher and it's not you. Well, hopefully having known me for like, <laughs> 20 years, you might recognise me. But uh, there we go. Uh, so during a match-fixing trial in 2015 involving New Zealand players Chris Cairns and Lou Vincent, a conversation in a bar in Lancashire was mentioned where Freddie Flintoff was allegedly present. What was Flintoff's actual response to the allegation in news reports at the time? So um, basically it was referenced that during this match-fixing trial that a conversation had taken place between two players and Freddie Flintoff, you've heard of Freddie Flintoff, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. He was around at the time. So what did Freddie Flintoff allegedly say and what was reported in the news? Did he say that it was on the night out, would have nipped to the toilet so wasn't present during the alleged conversation? Or did he say that it was drunk on the night out and had no knowledge of the conversation taking place whatsoever? Well, to me, one of those uh, answers stands out quite a lot. Now, he's, he, I don't believe he, he drinks at all anymore, does he, Freddie Flintoff? I, I think he's a pretty he's pretty sensible now, isn't he? And I, pretty healthy and I so on. I don't know. He did want to fall off a pedal, didn't he? <laughs> so, but I think back then, yes, he, he did like to go out and have a drink and a night out and so on. So I think that would be the most obvious answer. Um, okay. So, yeah, I'll go with that one, the second one. And you're right. So it was... Um, that was what was reported in the newspaper at the time, but I cannot find any more references to this at the moment whatsoever. I definitely read it that it said Flintoff claimed that he'd had so much to drink that he couldn't remember anything about the night out. <laughs> well, it's not news, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at the time, it wasn't anyway. So, but now you, you look at any reports about it, and it simply says that um, Flintoff was there, but was like in a different different yeah, area. Yeah. It was a different part of the bar, so it wasn't part of the conversation. Um, so, question six could have been on a peddler. Could have been, yeah, could have been sailing himself to victory. Um, so I think you've got two out of five, right? Yeah. How many have we got? Ten. Okay. It would have made sense to do 11, because yeah. 11 players in a cricket <laughs> team, but never mind. Shane Warne, what happened to him days before the 2003 World Cup? Did he fail a drugs test and get a 12-month ban from playing cricket? Or did it turn out that he'd lost his passport and wasn't able to travel to South Africa with the rest of the team and missed the first two games of the World Cup? I seem to remember that he, he did get a ban. For something at some point, Shane Warne. I, I think anyway. I'm, I know there was controversy with with him, um, so I'm gonna go because I think whatever. I think forgetting your passport. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's a bit of a nightmare if you do that and it will stop yeah. you from going places. But I think they could have worked their way around that somehow. So I'm gonna go the first one. You got a drugs ban. You are correct. Well remembered. I didn't. Think, I didn't think you'd know that. See, I do know a little bit yeah. about cricket. But obviously, you researched Shane Warne. In a- for a podcast we did not too long ago, I, where I you did, mentioned yes. it being bitten by a snake on Australia, I'm sorry to get me out of it. Yes, exactly. Which was once won by Freddie Flintoff as well. <laughs> um, so, why did England bowler Chris Lewis miss part of the game against the West Indies in 1994? Was he bored of it? It was. <laughs> he fell asleep because <laughs> he was that fed up of it. Um, did he go to fetch the ball that had been hit for six uh, to a nearby riverbank and fell into the river and nearly drowned, or was he suffering from sunstroke because he recently shaved his head? Right, I don't, his hair. I, I, I don't. I mean, cricket's you know, I mean, he's a professional, isn't he? And, and it was quite a high level of of, of cricket. Yeah, was it quite a big game and uh, yes, popular it was, match? And it was playing for England just before their away series in the West Indies. So you know, local team. imagine you know, I can't imagine this happening if a, you know England were playing in somewhere and the ball kicked out of the stadium and then mm-hmm. Harry Kane had to go and find the ball or something like that. That's you know, that's that's quite amateur. So someone else would probably do it. Then Harry Kane would claim it was him that did it. I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so I think that's too silly to believe that one. I'm going to go with the he, he got he, he some, and it's easy to get sunburnt cr- playing cricket. Yep. I'll go with that one. Uh, you'd be right. Um, yeah, he got sunstroke. He shaved his hair and uh, and got sunstroke uh, and missed part of the game. It's a bit embarrassing, really. Uh, so Australian Australian Dennis Lilly came out to bat in an Ashes Test match in 1979. What was unusual about when he came out to bat? Was it that he was using a bat made of metal and not wood, and was eventually told to change it by the umpires, or did he go out to bat not wearing any legs pads as he wanted to be able to run quicker, but the umpires wouldn't allow him to do this? Okay. Um... Again, I'm tempted to go with the second one because uh, I mean, I mean, you know, if 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 it wasn't a written rule, what you should, what what sort of bat you should be able to use, then it's worth trying. But I think it would be quite strict that yeah, you've got to wear, have a wooden bat, and I'm not sure whether a metal bat would even be as good as a wooden bat because they're quite heavy. If it was a metal bat, yeah. So I don't think it'd be any benefit to anybody. Well, that's uh, you used to use wooden woods in golf club, didn't you? Golf, yeah. So and now you use. Um, metal drivers. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the uh, the second one again. So not wearing any leg pads. Yeah, uh, you'd be wrong. All oh, right, okay. Um, he did go out to bat using a metal bat, and the umpires made him change it because, in typical Australian style, he was damaging the ball by hitting it with a metal bat. <laughs> well, you, you could actually use a bat made of anything though at the time. All oh, right, okay. And it's since been changed. You have to use a wooden bat. Right, okay. He was doing it to try and promote. Local... They're making these rules up as they go along, cricket. Well, they do, yeah. I think they've had that many different versions <laughs> of the rules. But I think he was specifically doing it to try and promote um, children playing cricket because his friend had got a company that manufactured metal cricket bats could be mm. given out to school kids and manufactured a lot cheaper. I remember there used to be like black, plastic blue ones when we used to play at school. Yeah, we used to play quick cricket. Yeah. That's far better. Um, so, question nine. Um, Carew Cricket Club won the Pembroke League title in August 2017. However, they were stripped of the title. Why? Was it... It was revealed that on a number of occasions, a batsman for Pembroke battered twice. The batsman in question was playing the same team as his identical twin brother, who was a worse batsman than him. So after getting out opening the batting, the batsman would sometimes put his brother's kit on and go and bat again in the lower order. You play with your brother, don't you, cricket? If only you and your brother were identical. Your cricket team would win a lot more games, wouldn't it, Fisher? (laughs) I don't think they would do if you've seen us play. Maybe lose a lot more games. Um, So was it that, or... Was it that they were charged with playing against the spirit of the game after tactical declaration after two overs of the last game of the season meant they beat their opposition by one point in the final league standings as the opposition couldn't get enough bonus points to overhaul their opponents? Well, I don't understand the second one. Well, sometimes there's different ways of doing it. Like in football, you get three points for a winner, one for a draw. Oh, right, okay. In cricket, you can get... There's different ways of doing it, but some leagues, for every wicket you take, you can get extra points, or every certain amount of runs you score, you get extra points. It's just always to give a bit of an incentive to keep going. Okay, so what what, what did they do wrong then? What they did was, uh, the uh, other team... Uh, uh, what, what your potential answer might be? Well, the other team, what they would have done is, they would have needed to take a certain amount of wickets to get certain bonus points, and by this team declaring, they would, didn't allow the opposition to get a certain amount of bonus right, points to be able okay. to overhaul right. them in the league standings. Um. I'll go for the technical one then in that case. <laughs> and, and not the one with the identical twin brother. I, I want it to be that one because it's quite a funny story. Um, but I'm going to go with the technical one. Uh, you'd be right. Shame. I, that would have been quite good. They were stripped of the league title and also relegated for playing against the spirit of the game. Right, okay. Which is a big, it's a big thing in cricket, that. Yeah. <laughs> is, and like, hence, if you sandpaper the ball and shove it down your trousers, you get done for breaching the spirit of the game as well. And finally, last question. How much have you got? Five out of nine? 
Uh, something like that. So see if, see if you can get, to, see get, you get the last one right, get over half marks. It's nothing like a cricket score. Well, yeah. Um, there'd, there'd, there'd be times where I would have been delighted to have scored five. <laughs> so what happened during the Sabina Park Test match between England and the West Indies in Jamaica in 1998? Was it that the game was abandoned after an hour as a pitch was that dangerous that the England physio had been on six times in the first hour to assist the batsman who kept getting injured? Or was it that the five-day test match lasted around 15 minutes as heavy rain from a tropical storm washed out the entire of the test match, save for a short period on the first morning. Okay, so by dangerous pitch, it could mean it was bobbly, it had yeah. divots in it or holes yeah. in it even. That meant when you're sort of bowling and the ball's... Bounces unpredictably. Because and the could hit somebody even. awkwardly. Yeah. Uh, whereas the other one was uh, they had really bad rain and it just rained it all off. Yeah, they played the first 15 minutes and then the next... Four and a half days were rained off. Okay. Uh, and what country was it in again? The West Indies, the West Indies. So it's a tropical yeah. storm. So it's likely to happen. Likely to happen. Mm. So I think I'm going to go for the first one, though. You'd be right. Oh, wrong one. There we go. Well done. So I got that one right. And out of... So I got about six out of ten there. Uh, you did. So For a cricket quiz, that's probably quite good for me. That's all right. That's a, a good effort there, Jimbo. <laughs> that, that shows that there's more to cricket than just Australian sandpaper in the ball. <laughs> well, that's the cricket section done for ever. Um, I'm only joking. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, it's we'll... cricket season coming up, though, isn't it, Fisher? It is. We're not going to talk about cricket now until next week. <laughs> well, we can get updates of how Fisher's actually performed at his cricket, I suppose. Uh, yeah, let's not. But um, <laughs> I, I mentioned that one on the last one to do with the test match being rained off um, because Yorkshire should have been playing today. Oh, well, they should have been playing the last four days and the entire four days of the game were rained off. Yeah, well, if they were playing this week, it'd be ideal. Yeah, uh, I think they're playing later on this week and hopefully oh, they'll actually get on. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, it has been a marathon podcast because this could well be our longest um, episode. Really? Have we gone so over an hour yet? We're, we're just about 10 seconds off going over okay. an hour or so. Hurry up, hurry up. Maybe not when we uh, when we sort of shorten it down a little bit. But anyway, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, please do. I know our listener figures are going up. Uh, we're doing pretty well with that. Um, it's been our second most popular month is April. Possibly our most popular by the time we get to the end of the month. Um, big shout out to anybody who's been listening. Um, and also, if you want an actual mention on the podcast, all you need to do is get in touch. You can tweet us at Wasted Webspace. Go to the website, wastedwebspace.co.uk. Have a look at a few things on there. Look at all our old podcasts and so on. There's a Facebook page. There, there's loads of ways of getting in touch, isn't there? Yeah, feel free to get in touch. We like to go on Twitter and try and comment on new stories in an amusing way and all that sort of stuff. So thank you very much and we'll see you next time. Thank you.